Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. You guys are listening to Nickish. It is January 12th, 2021. You got your boys Mo and Nafi in the morning uh, talking all about the Knicks. We had two games happen since our last episode. Uh, Knicks versus Nuggets, Knicks versus Hornets, both L's, obviously. And uh, we're here to speak our thoughts. Um, first, first thought when it comes up that the Knicks have lost three in a row. Go. Um. Well, I had to say it was a tragedy because, like, on our Twitter profile yesterday, I had to unpin our little tweet that said we're oh, yeah. undefeated in 2021. I should hurt the South. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's just uh, not to go all chicken little, but it's just like, well, as a Knicks fan, you just can't have hope. You just, just can't have good things, you know what I mean? But, no, nah, some real shit, though. Like, um, the Nuggets lost, like, just top of my head. Like, you know, before, in our last episode, we did talk about how, like, you know, it should be interesting. I mean, like, kind of a... A joke about like Randall and Jokic looking at each other like that Spider-Man meme but I mean the Nuggets was in the Western Conference Finals last year you know what I mean so like we we was in a lot of so it was probably an L going in we was just riding high after like some good basketball lately so I I'm, I'm, wasn't too mad about that loss but um I you know just we, well we lost like by 20 or something but um the, the game last night bro I mean we're gonna dig into both of them kind of in depth a little bit but like just off the top of my head I feel like the game last night was probably the most frustrating game of the season so far for me um even more than that OKC loss because you know that should have been a dub for us I mean and we're Knicks fans we shouldn't be talking about what should be a dub but it's just like you know what I mean like we're five and six after 11 games it's a lot better than we all expected when we keep perspective in mind but yeah I mean I'm just like all Knicks fans I'm disappointed you know what I mean what about you What's, uh, what's your take so far for three L's in a row? For three L's in a row, none of them are blowouts. Um, they're all they're, they're shitty games. But there's always like one or so bright spot you can find. Last night, Kevin Knox obviously was a bright spot. Uh, the game before, Mitchell Robinson's defense on Jokic was a bright spot. And it's not one. It's not you know one like the games that we saw last season where there's so many games where nothing went the Knicks way. Um, and you know Austin Rivers put it well. He's like. You know, for the for the team that had the toughest toughest schedule, we're five and six right now. That's good. You know, obviously be patient, be calm, um, which is pretty much what I preach right now. There are a lot of guys on Nick's Twitter that are going crazy. Some guys are like, "Yo, bring back Dennis Smith Jr." And it's like, no, like you can't you can't keep switching up on every loss. You guys take things at least somewhat objectively. And you know, I think objectively speaking, Alfred Payne isn't the guy who should be on the Knicks. Bro. I think. And there's a lot of shit that's being spoken about for him. I think the I think the guy is an NBA player. He's just not the right one for the Knicks because he cannot shoot. And because he can't shoot, RJ Barrett is fucking up. And RJ Barrett isn't a good shooter yet. And that's just that's just based off numbers. He's just not a good shooter right now. And he needs to have a point guard with him that can at least shoot and take off the pressure. But Alfred Payton is definitely not making RJ Barrett a better player. And I think he's a he's a big big reason why the Knicks aren't doing well. And you can look at the box score and see him still scoring points. He's still good at driving in and you know mm. finishing sometimes, but just just a lack of shooting is so bad. He's gonna be and he's gonna be putting up 14, 15 shots a game. He, he put up fourteen shots last night, and that's only second to Knox. Yeah, you know, think about those fourteen shots. Is is like 
don't know if I tweeted this out yet, but like it was like we was down twenty. It was like three minute, three, four, five minute left in the left in the game. And that's when Peyton just got extra aggressive. He wanted to get his garbage time points just to mm-hmm. make his box score look better. So like his point total is just like it's a mirage right there. And to your point, it's just like reality is setting in about our offense and about just the lineup that every Knicks fan, like what worried us throughout the season or throughout the off season. Like we have no shooting in the lineup. Like what sense does it make to play a player like uh, Peyton who Clyde himself said seven years ago, he came to the league as a dubious shooter. Seven years later, he's still a dubious shooter. You know what I mean? Like what sense does it make to play him with Randall, Mitch and RJ, especially the way RJ shooting lately. Like, I think it's, it's enough with the Alfred Payton experiment, and that's not to say that IQ is ready to step up and grab that mantle as a starting point guard. It's just like he's he's a better shooter than Payton, even if he is like missing lately. I still trust him to like actually heat up. You know what I mean? I think this is just rookie jitters, no like limited training camp, no summer league, all that. You know what I mean? I feel like maybe in a month or two, IQ, not even a month or two, maybe soon IQ will get his shot back. But think about Payton. It's just like. He just doesn't fit what we're trying. Like he just doesn't fit with that starting lineup, bro. And it's he's a ball dominant guard. And what pissed me off last night was just like, you keep driving in, and like he had some open like uh, like shooters, but he would just do drive in and do like his bullshit ass floater. You know what I mean? And like he misses that more times than not because this is the ugliest floater I've ever seen a point guard have. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't know, bro. Like I think it's time to put him on the bench. But then remember previously I said, yo, maybe we could make Peyton like the second unit uh, bench. Uh, bench leader that can like push the pace he doesn't even push the pace like that anymore you know what i mean like he's just he's a ball dominant guy that kind of slows it down more often than not and you know what i mean he can't shoot and like the shooting yesterday bro like i want to kind of pivot to that because it's, it's just the elephant in the room again we were missing wide open looks mm-hmm. and then yo, on and like i'm gonna have to put it out there like i love rj i love like what he can become but like until otherwise he's a young market smart from three Remember Marcus Smart when he first came into the league, like his first three, four years, he's just like shoot it with without with no conscience and like that'll be like it would damn near dent the rim, you know what I mean? That's how RJ is looking right now. And it's like it's it's actually extra bad just because there's no fans in the arena. It's just like an empty arena, you know what I mean? So where's the like the pressure situations, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, I mean, maybe he's not used to shooting in like an empty gym like this in, in, in games, but I don't know, bro. Like RJ's uh I think what really confounds me about that even more is just that his mid-range jumper still looks money, bro. He had yeah. a nice mid-range pull-up yesterday. And I'm just like, that doesn't make any sense. It was swish, clean, you know what I mean? Like, just wet as fuck. Like, and, then, and in the threes, it's just like, he'll wide open, get all the time in the world. The form doesn't look bad. Air ball, way off, you know what I mean? Like, I made a joke last night. Like, maybe he just needs to start shooting right-handed. Because, like, he's shooting like <laughs> his left hand fell asleep. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, I mean... I just kind of wanted to, since we talk about Alfred Payton's sh- uh, shortcomings as a shooter, I wanted to kind of mention RJ. But um, any any positives you you really took away from last night? Because like I feel like there's an obvious one. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean with with the big elephant in the room that you just mentioned, the Knicks suck at shooting. The one guy who was pretty good at shooting last night was Knox, five of twelve from the three. Mm. And you know, I think a guy who was surprisingly obviously missing in this game was Bullock to me. Because he was a guy who would at least continuously shoot, and there are some games where he's not that good of a shooter. But Bullock is a shooter, and I don't know his percentage this season, but he's someone who would be in the starting lineup, who would be chucking it up more and make—I'd say overall—make more than he misses. Austin Rivers was in the starting lineup last night; he did pretty good. But you know, 
when when the bench came in, you got you got quickly, you got Knox and, and those guys. Quickly wasn't you know shooting as well as he could. Um, I think he, I think he still kept the pace up a, a little bit, something that Alfred Payne doesn't do. And uh, but Knox, man, five of twelve, every it looked like almost at a time it felt like every shot he was taking was going in. And yeah, Knox. He's, he's Knox having, suddenly he's, becoming our best shooter is wild. But yeah, not, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah, my nah, bad. He's um he's having these on and off games, on games and off games. But at least I think I think the the, the thing that the, that makes Knicks the happiest is that he looks like an NBA player most of the time now. Yeah, especially when that jumper is falling. It's just like if his jumper is like wet like that and he's just making his open looks, then he just has to do. He just has to play solid defense and not like really. Um, have like egregious like defensive breakdowns, you know what I mean? Um, he's still kind of like soft going to the rim, you know. There was like a play last night where he had like a transition, uh, he had a transition opportunity, and he kind of like split through two defenders against the Hornets. And I swear to God, he didn't go as hard as he could, but he still made it. You know what I mean? Like he went kind of soft, a little more finesse, even though it was just like I think Terry Rozier, you know what I mean? Like uh, meeting him in transition. But yeah, I mean Knox is. It's, it goes back to the trend I noticed in a previous episode. Like, uh, anytime RJ has a super bad game, Knox shows up, and then vice versa. You know what I mean? That's kind of, I don't know whether that's, like, completely accurate, but that's just what it seems like. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I mean, Knox... I mean, I saw somebody tweet last night. I don't remember who it was, but he was like, it's funny as shit. Then I'll, it would be funny as shit now if Knox is our best lottery pick all of a sudden. You know what I mean? And that's, like, a shot at RJ, but... Yeah. I'm not I'm not willing to give up on RJ yet. You know I mean, he's only 20 years old. He's been like the most unorthodox start to his career ever. He's literally his rookie season got shut down because of a pandemic. And then, you know what I mean? Like, he, no real training camp and all that. But then, on the flip side, he did have like six plus months to really work on his game, you know? Um, I saw somebody also tweet. Drew Hanlon, you know, the trainer that RJ worked with to work on his shot. Somebody yeah. tweeted, like, somebody added him and he's like, resign. <laughs> like, how motherfuckers tweet at Trump? Like, what do you... <laughs> like a snake oil salesman. You know what I mean? He's talking all off-season, uh, jumping on podcasts, talking about how, like, oh, you know, we rebuilt RJ's whole shot. It's much cleaner, much fluid. And he's missing, like, by a mile. So, I think he might be in his head because his mid-range jumper and his free throw shot, free throw shooting look improved, but... It's just ugly right now, bro, and I think he's just got to kind of, like, like taper down his attempts to maybe two, three a game, max now, until he gets into a good rhythm, but, yeah, yeah I know. Just, yeah, yeah, go ahead, my fault. No, not to not to pivot over too much, but it sucks to see that when either Mitch is down, the defense is trash, and when Julius Randle's not playing well, the whole offense is trash, and it shouldn't be like that. Like, this is those are times when those guys are sitting when other guys should be stepping up. And yeah. I'm going to correct what I said earlier, and I said there weren't any blowout games. The Nuggets game was a blowout at the end of the day. Ugh. And there were times when the Knicks were trailing about 20 points, and it, those were times when Mitch was on the bench. And if Mitch was on the bench longer, the Knicks would have lost by a lot more. He played amazing defense uh, on Jokic most of the night. And Jokic is an MVP, MVP caliber player, and, and Mitch you know, held his own uh, better than most would. But when he was down, the Knicks' defense was trash. And whenever Randall is not playing well, you know, last night as an example, um, the you know the offense just doesn't work. And th- those are times when R.J. Barrett needs to step up, and he did it. Facts. And the thing about Mitch, like, yeah, I didn't really want to touch on that Nuggets game just because I was so m- much more frustrated by the Hornets game. I feel like I was much more winnable, especially, like, we kept cutting it so close. And then, like, that late third quarter or fourth quarter period where we just, like – 
let it get away from us. It was just so frustrating to watch. But the Nuggets game, like, you know, before that game happened, you and I were kind of a little more optimistic. Well, not really. We were like, oh, it's going to be interesting. You know, uh, made a quick joke about Randall and Jokic being this top point big man. But, you know, it's the Nuggets. They was in the Western Conference Finals, you know. Um, you know, it's and we were in the lottery last year. It was an expected L going in, and we were just riding high after some winning. But that game itself, like, to your point, Mitch defended Jokic as well as I've probably ever seen anyone do. It's just like... Jokic, yo, bro, he's like those dudes at the park that just be, like, making the ugliest, like, bullshit shots, you know what I mean? And, like, the yeah. ones, like, the dudes that, like, make you want to fight them, like, what the fuck is this, you know what I mean? Like, and they all look, they all look and be built like Jokic, too, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but what what kind of encouraging, what was encouraging, though, like, I feel like last year, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, in the matchups with Jokic, Mitch would get pushed around a little bit more, but then now it's just, like, Jokic, like, Mitch was, like, standing his ground, even though, like, Jokic was making these shots over him. He was like, Mitch was right there. You know what I mean? He wasn't like thrown off balance all the time. And mm. um, interesting enough, like this is gonna sound crazy. This is one of those things where like, remember last week we were like, yo, imagine we said X Y Z. Imagine we said X Y Z about Randall. You know what I mean? Like what kind of one eighty we did. I low key wanted to see Randall like match up with Jokic a bit. You know what I mean? Put some bulk oh, on him. I mean, remember the job I mean, he did yeah. on Sabonis stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Randall, sure. like I figured, Giannis. why not give him that opportunity? You know what I mean? Like see what he's got and, you know, see if, like, that performance against Sabonis could be um, replicated because Sabonis is a strong-ass motherfucking post-scorer, you know. He's he's not Jokic, but, you know, it's a kind of comparable in terms of stylistically, so I figured we would have seen that a little bit, but, you know, um, it is what it is. That was, uh, I feel like that was L going in. Any other thoughts from that game, though, that uh, you recall or want to kind of talk about? I mean, Mitch played solid again last night, 12-11 and two steals and two blocks, 33 minutes, one foul, which is nice. And then against Nuggets with Jokic, he had no fouls in 34 nice. minutes. Exactly. Keep learning. I mean, yeah. I mean got to take the good, got to take some good takeaways from the negativity lately. Um, who we got next? Like, we're not, I'm not going to talk about that game yet, but I just want to get a couple idea of context. I think we got a... Uh, the Nets next? Tomorrow at 7.30, yep. All right. I mean, the KD's Nets. out. Kyrie's still out. So, I mean. Let's maybe go, let's go with just... Kyrie. What are your thoughts on Kyrie and his situation right now? Because, obviously, mental health is very important. But, oh, we, we did kind of touch on it in the last episode. Yeah, huh? yeah. I'm, I mean, um, I figured it just short and sweet of it, though, just to kind of restate for any new listeners. It's just like, yo, I don't got a problem with him taking, like, a mental health days because of obviously what's going on and because of, like, how he much, how much he cares. That, that was, like, exemplified during the bubble. But you got to communicate all that through the right channels. You can't have your coach literally be telling the media, I haven't heard from him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're, the, you're one of the top two players on the team. So I think it's just, like, professionalism. It's not even professionalism. It's, like, common courtesy, you know? You you and KD wanted Steve Nash, so you might as well be kind of a decent person to him and be like, yo, I ain't feeling right in the head. I got to take a couple of days, coach, you know what I mean? But Kyrie just, like, put his phone on Do Not Disturb, um, roll the J, and just kind of, you know, forgot about basketball for a bit, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. About I mean, you, what's your take on him? <laughs> no, I, I, I follow the same sentiment. Obviously, he's not too fond of the media, but you can't be giving the media more reasons to, like, talk shit, you know, especially – at the end of the day, it's not the Knicks, but you're you're in New York. You know, a lot of the media is going to be the same. Um, you don't want to give them more reasons. And for a guy like Nash to be to have to be in a put be placed in a position like that, he babies the shit out of Kyrie and KD, <laughs> especially Kyrie. And he constantly has to give like all these answers. Um, 
just to give Kyrie kind of a pass, but Kyrie hasn't been playing, I think, this is third or fourth straight game. Um, at a point, he has to come back. You know, he has a job. He's getting paid to do this. They're yeah, obviously, you know, met, he has a situation, and obviously he cares very deeply about everything that's been going on, but he's getting paid to do something, and he has to kind of follow through at a point. You know, there has to be a limit. There has to be communication. He has to at least speak his mind, you know. Uh, and maybe, maybe he's feeling a lot worse than, than we think and right, right now. We, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, you know. Yeah, and that should be communicated as well. Um, but anyway, the Knicks are facing off against the Nets tomorrow at 7.30. The first Brooklyn versus New York kind of matchup. Um, what do they call the Mets versus the Yankees stuff? Subway series? Subway series, yeah. I don't know if there's a terminology yet for the Knicks and Nets. Man, you're the baseball fan over here. How I know that you don't? Yeah, it's been like a decade since I watched it. It's also fake early ass, ass morning, but I'm still, I'm still finishing up my coffee. <laughs> you're a New Yorker, too. This is shameful. Shameful. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, we got the Nets game coming up. Um, so I think Subway series is kind of technically work for it, right? You can take a subway from Manhattan to Brooklyn, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing I'm looking for is just like the minutes because Randall didn't have. A, I think Rat, uh, Julius had his like worst game yesterday. And I think I, I chalked that a lot. I chalk a lot of that up to just like fatigue, bro. He just looked gassed out there. There was a lot of moments where like he would grab the board, and usually when he'd be like pushing the pace like a madman, he just he'd give it up. You know, he was he was um, giving it up more often. And at first, I thought he was just kind of conserving energy because we were like this close, and he wanted to conserve some energy for the fourth. Like, oh, okay. That's what like a, a star player would do, but now he, he was just tired, bro. You know, and um, I think that obviously him and RJ are like top three minutes played, and that, that's got to change soon. We're already like eleven games in, and um, I want to give Tibbs the benefit of, that, of the doubt just because of the, all the injuries we have. You know, we waiting on Ob, waiting on Burks, um, Frank's out. You know, um, Taj, I think he'll immediately come into the rotation um, once he's uh, he's ready to go. So I think that'll help, especially because. I think he'll give us more on offense than Noel will, you know. And Noel, I love his defense so far, but I think Taj has a little mid-range Jimmy. He knows where to be positionally on the court because he's played in Thibodeau's system for a minute. Um, he's he's a vet, so he knows how to make the right play. You know what I mean? Like the right extra pass, the the hockey assist, little things like that. Um, that and Noel, like, say what you will, it's crazy. He's He's a mon- his hands are monstrous on the defensive end. He'll grab balls he shouldn't grab, pause. He'll like deflect shit. You know what I mean? But then he bobbles the easiest shit, bro. There was some like uh, uh, alley oops. There was like an alley oop yesterday oh. that was like easy, clean, and it was just yeah. like, what the fuck? Like we got there's two Biombos on the court. We get the one on the Charlotte, and then we got one. You know what I mean? Like, but no, I mean he's playing there 13, 14 minutes a game. You know? There were a bunch of those like, in the Nuggets game. Yeah, yeah. So you just couldn't finish the alleys. Um, it's going to be interesting when once Taj comes back, who's going to close these games? Because obviously we want Mitch to, but we saw in the Chicago days, Tibbs almost always ended the games with, with Taj, even if he didn't start. That was like his guy. I think he actually has the most minutes in the fourth quarter under Tibbs, and I'm very curious to see if he's he's going to be doing that um, once he's in the rotation. I think that was like by, by necessity like back then. Because first of all, that was like a decade ago, so Taj was like he had young legs, and also because of Tibbs did not have any trust in Boozer's defense in the fourth quarter. I remember that. It'd be like, it was wild too because he was like the big free agent pickup that season and then mm-hmm. he'd be out there three quarters, maybe three and a half, and then like he'd be on the bench like a towel waiver. I was like, damn, that's four years, 75 million on the bench right there. Goddamn, Chicago. You know what I mean? But 
I mean, I can't. We can't really shit on them. That, that five-year stretch Tibbs had, I would kill for it to replicate. You know what I mean? Like in terms of success. But yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna be one of those chicken little Knicks fans that are gonna be like, oh, Taj is gonna come in and Mitch's minutes are gonna drop by ten. Nah, it's pretty clear, bro. Like Tibbs loves Mitch, and I feel like those comments about Noel earlier was a lot of fire under him. You know, and what we what do we always say about Mitch? Like no, like knock on him. He's a little immature, right? And a lot of times with immature kids, they need like structure. Yep. They need that like rigid kind of voice to like guide them especially at that young age. And we've seen him, Mitch, like, all the time. And when he was with DeAndre, when DeAndre was here, like, mentoring him, he played better than he did that season, like, but previously. Mm-hmm. When he met with uh, Sheed, he came back and he started playing better. You know what I mean? Um, and in this season, we've got Kenny Payne and Tibbs in his ear, and he's looking like, you know what I mean? Like you just said, he had one foul total in the last two games, you know? I mean, we may have lost both games and both were frustrating, but I think that's my favorite stat out of everything, you know? So... I'm going stick, to still stick to the fact that Mitch is our backbone and Tibbs realizes it. And if anything, Taj is going to be there to be like to spell him and to spell Randall because Randall's minutes are. I didn't think the fatigue would catch him to him so fast, you know, because I thought he was in amazing shape. But yeah, yesterday it was just lethargic. And... He, he played probably the least minutes in a high number of games, probably the least in, in the season. He only played 30 minutes. Uh, Tibbs yeah. kept a tight eight man rotation, as most teams are these days. But. Um, mm. Injuries, yeah. Injuries. Corona. Big time. Yo, fucking Hayward, bro. This man, like, remember in Dragon Ball Z, they would have the fucking, like, the, the, the hyper, like, the rejuvenation chamber. Goku would be, like, in the fucking under yeah. in the tank, like, rejuvenating. <laughs> that was literally what happened to Hayward when he saw the occurrences last Wednesday. He just, he just felt like a vibe go through his body. He just got energized. He leveled up. He ascended the, the Super Saiyan races, too. Like, and then he just came here, and then he was like, yo, y'all didn't want to pay me. Boom. He just, dropped like 30 on us or whatever the fuck 34 or whatever and it was just frustrating because a lot of those buckets were just backdoor cuts bro like mm-hmm. i'm just like what the hell they teach you that in fucking in the playground like watch the back door you know what i mean like <laughs> it's just pissing me off because it wasn't like he was just like um pick and rolling us to death you know icing us it was just like really easy like simple basketball plays you know cutting grabbing the ball catch and shoot um yeah man i mean shit like of all the people to go off i would have preferred any other hornet to go off you know Whatever. It's I mean, what do you? What do you? It's gotta be the Maga man. Tough, Maga man. So why? Why I picture like a like a like a like a racist version of like Captain America with like the fucking uh, the Maga symbol or whatever on his chest. <laughs> yeah. Yo, Lamelo looked nice though. Like he he didn't shoot well at all, but good lord, like I see why. We we can be annoyed about the fact that his highlights are everywhere, but there's a reason. He's a prodigy as a passer, bro. And he had, For like, sure. 14 rebounds. You know what I mean? For like, sure. I can't even be mad at it because if we was on the Knicks, we would, <laughs> we would be like, oh, okay, like, wh- wh- where are the more highlights? We'd be pissed because there's not enough highlights. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? <laughs> so, I mean, I'm happy for Charlotte, as weird as that to say. Not that they won, but that, the, like, I feel like that, that, that franchise has been, like, the the ex- like the literally the perfect example of mediocre no like flashy stars no big moments in the last decade or two I mean they had Kemba but it was just like I feel like for a while people were just like oh, Charlotte is a uh, is a wasteland but they have Kemba you know I mean that was that's the only way they gave Kemba props but now with Lamelo it's like it's gonna be like a show you know what I mean you got Miles Bridges out there that's like a kind of a nice running mate for him you know like running the court so I like what I saw from him, bro I mean they, they're you... a nice one two punch yeah yeah. You just never see the two part. Often you only see the pass. (laughs) Facts, facts, facts. I mean, yo, the thing is, I was looking at Charlotte's roster yesterday. 
Yeah, I love the offense they run, bro. They had great passing, and it was picking apart our defense. Um, um, and then, like, it's just like I like the kind of combo they have with LaMelo, right? And then I like Devontae Graham. If his shot comes back to what it was last year, that's a, that's a pretty potent offense, you know? And t- say what you will about Hayward, we just clowned him for, like, five minutes straight. But, like, he's a, he's a good player, you know? I'll give him that. It's a nice little core. P.J. Washington, like, I figured he was, like, one of those, like, uh, David West kind of plotting power forwards because I haven't had a chance to see him much last year. Mm-hmm. But he, nah, bro, he was out there doing a lot of things, looking a lot quicker and faster than I expected him to, looking thin and shit. So, fuck, bro, Charlotte is, like, I don't know. They had better passing than we did this season. They have more shooting than we do. Like, how does Charlotte realize you need shooting and not the Knicks? I don't know. Yeah, I think um, that was in total 11 games, and I think the front office said they needed 15 or so games before they start making moves, and we better see that move coming first. If we're going to trade a guy, we better come back with the shooter. Buddy Hield, bring bring in the buddy, make that rumor actually. Like, what's what's the fucking uh, shit LeBar said? Speaking into existence, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I hate that contract. Probably wouldn't be wise, you know? But if we could... This is going to sound like such a... Six months ago, if I said the sentence that I'm about to say now, I would probably get depressed. I would just be like, yo, we need to keep Randall and RJ, but we got to bring in Buddy. We're bringing Buddy with Randall, and we got a good combo. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but the thing is, in context right now, that it, it looks like a good combo. You know what I mean? Like, give uh, Randall a point Randall, a knockdown shooter. You got a rim runner and Mitch. You know what I mean? I don't know, bro. <laughs> I, I'd rather have a ball handler who can shoot, but I can't think of a guy off the top of my head who could be traded over to us. Yeah, for for real. I mean, it's Harden's out there, but we'd have to give up everybody at his own point, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know if Buddy's know. the guy, though, just because he can't handle the ball as well. That means we'll yeah, still have yeah. to have Alfred Payne on the, on the starting lineup. If I, can't, I was can't step up too much. Yeah, my fault, my fault. I was going to interrupt, but... Uh, um, yeah, I mean, I was going to think maybe we could throw Peyton in that deal, but then I realized he had a no-trade clause. <laughs> Good God, bro. It's like, ugh. he's playing like a man that has a no-trade clause, too. He's doing, doing dumbass shit, like hogging the ball, driving in no matter what, throwing up bullshit floaters. Like, who told him he was Tony Parker? Who told him that, you know? I, I, I'd hope we can go after Lonzo, man. Yo, facts. Um, interesting, though, like I saw some, uh, I follow some, uh, a lot of beat writers and some Pelican bloggers, mm. they seem to be getting a little frustrated with Lonzo. You know what I mean? Um, they're, uh, I guess he's, they're not seeing it with them. And I think they realize, or Stan Van Gundy apparently is playing more so as a two now, not really giving like point guard minutes. But the one Pelicans writer made a good point. He's like, it's been three coaches now with Lonzo where they feel like he's better as the secondary ball handler than primary. You know what I mean? So yeah. I think that's, so we might just still have that point guard problem if we do go after Alonzo, you know? Because, sure. you know, in the half court, he's not really a break it down and penetrate kind of guy. He never has been, you know? And I like Alonzo the player, but I don't know if he's the exact good fit for us. Um, but, yeah, I mean, shoot. He was shooting, I, yeah. Yeah, he was shooting better earlier in the season, but now that I'm looking at it, so far he's only shooting like 31% from the three and 40% overall. Yikes. What's he shooting for a free throw line? Maybe that can give us some hope. Why'd you be like 2%? Free throw percentage is 60. Fuck. Wow. And that's a career high. <laughs> this is the fourth year. I feel like RJ in one offseason fixes free throw shooting. 
RG's like what seventy five percent right now or some shit. I haven't checked. Yeah, in a while, he's but, good. But man. yeah, fuck it. Um, that yeah, sixty percent is 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 awful. What the hell? Yeah, How I you mean, an NBA player and a guard <laughs> and can't shoot the free throw percentage over like seventy percent? I mean, this is gonna sound kind of hypocritical because I did give Lavar credit for like actually you know bringing his boys to the NBA, but I also blame him because like. He had his young boys shooting from, like, eight feet behind the three-point line when they were little kids. And, like, when you're a little kid, you don't have the strength. So, like, that bullshit form they had to use to, like, actually get that shit off to the rim <laughs> carried over to their adulthood. You know what yeah. I mean? He just fucked them up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if he had started from, like, inside out, they probably would be a lot better. And that it's weird to say because they, they both went, like, top three. But I'm just like, their forms, you could clearly tell they started shooting threes when they should not have. Like, when they were, like, four years old, mm. LeVar was like, yo, shoot. They put them at the half-court line. <laughs> Like, I think I read an article on the Ringer that said exactly that, that, like, LeVar is pushing the limits of the game. This was before Lonzo even got into the league. I was just like, hmm, this is interesting, you know? Mm. Like, Steph Curry got some impersonators. Now, these people are far from Steph Curry, or these guys are far from Steph Curry, you know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. I think it's about that time, by the way, but um, any last thoughts or any remaining thoughts? I mean, if KD doesn't play tomorrow, the Knicks have a chance of winning the game. Uh, even if they had KD, I think uh, the Knicks still would have had a fighting chance. If they had both those guys, then obviously Brooklyn would have been the favorite. But, um, nah, I'm, I'm excited for tomorrow's game. I hope them feeling that Subway Series kind of vibe is going to inspire them a little bit. Um, they need the rest. I, I hope that the mid-distribution is a lot better. I hope at least one of those guys come back tomorrow. Do you know when Toppin's coming back? I mean, when they first announced it, it was like seven to ten games, and I think last week they announced that like they reevaluated him, reevaluated him, and it'll be another seven to ten days. So maybe mid next week we'll see him back. But yeah, you know, those calf strains and those like soft tissue injuries, they always linger like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So weird. Th- I mean, horrible thing all around. It'll be it'll be mad annoying though if Kyrie decides like the next game is the one he wanted to return to basketball. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that would happen to us. You know what I mean? Like. Come on, give us one night of like, like uh, dealing with Karis Levert. <laughs> like, I don't want to. He's, he's he's playing nice because Dinwiddie's out too. But um, oh yeah, yeah, imagine imagine it's like yo Kyrie's like nah man I don't want to play and then someone's like yo hey yo the the Knicks are coming to town he's like what? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, finally over his mental health struggles like whoa <laughs> this is the therapy I needed hooping against the Knicks motherfucker like. <laughs> We laugh just because it's probably true. He's probably had this game marked as his return game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it is what it is. I mean, I hope we win. Obviously, it's the Nets. Like, besides the Celtics, I probably don't despise the team more. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, it is what it is. Um, yep. Hopefully, Randall, you know, shows he's the best player in New York. Like, pooping in that game. <laughs> yep. All right. Wishful thinking. So we're going to wrap up this episode of Nickish. Uh, thank you all for listening. Make sure you subscribe on all podcasting platforms and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show. Uh, make sure you check us out this Thursday for Nickish at Night live only on Sportscaster. We're bringing a new guest every week. If you're interested in joining us on that show, make sure you uh, hit us a DM and let us know you're interested and we'll, we'll book you for a day. Um, and until then, we hope you guys have a safe and happy Tuesday. January 12th and we'll see you again um, in an upcoming show until next time take care everyone peace peace